Welcome to the podcast, Restore Yourself, Restore Your Marriage, where it's all about discovering the thoughts that get you in the mood, the thoughts that get you out of the mood, and how creating a deeper connection with yourself creates a deeper connection with your spouse. I'm your coach, Shelly Anderson, coaching you through life, love, and intimacy. This is episode number 12, Crying in Applebee's. Hello, everyone, and thanks for tuning in for today's episode. So I had quite a few options about what I wanted to cover on today's podcast. And just a few days ago, some really good friends of mine asked me about how Nick and I met. Now, this is a story that I never get tired of telling. As the story unfolded, they literally said to me, you have to title one of your podcasts, Crying in Applebee's. So a big thank you to Jake and Jody Moore for encouraging me to record this story and put it on today's podcast. So when people ask me how my husband and I met, I love to watch their reaction. As I tell them, our love began in preschool. That's right, preschool. We went to the same preschool called Church of the Masters, which was in Southern California in Mission Viejo. We even had the same teacher, Mrs. Levine. While I can't really remember much about preschool except being able to drink chocolate milk at a cafeteria table, I just know that Nick was already chasing me on the playground. We never did go to the same elementary school or junior high, but we did end up back in the same high school. We shared a few classes together throughout our four years at Capistrano Valley High School, and we had several friends in common. He even dated a really good friend of mine who also happened to be named Shelly, And Nick and I became great friends. I did not have a car or a driver's license through high school, but Nick always called to see if I needed a ride. But there is one class in particular that we had together where I remember I for sure knew there was a little something starting to stir up deep down. We had a photography class together. And each week we were given specific assignments of what to take pictures of throughout the week. And then we were to process and develop the film in the darkroom. I remember purposely leaving the last few frames blank right up until it was time to start developing. Then I would say to Nick, oh shoot, I need to take a few more pictures to finish out my role. Hurry, let me take one of you. He would shoot me a funny pose and I snapped away. After the pictures were developed, I was all too happy to keep the ones of Nick in my room. During class, he would often talk to me about the things he did over the weekend or maybe the little issues that would come up with him and Shelly. I even remember thinking, that's because you're dating the wrong Shelly. He dated some of my friends, and throughout the years I had dated some of his. It seemed like we both wanted to date each other, but the timing never seemed to quite work out. As we got to the end of our senior year, our friendship 
had grown so strong that many of our friends actually thought that we were dating. But as we said goodbyes and wrote in each other's yearbooks, we went our separate ways. Nick had been planning on going to Rick's College in Idaho, and I was just planning on taking a few dance classes at the local junior college. We lost touch for several years. Now, flash forward six years later. Nick was living in Salt Lake City, and I had finally made it to BYU. I had only been there one semester when I went home for Christmas break. I found out that a friend of ours from high school was actually going to get married. I was kind of hesitant to go, but I had this deep feeling that I should. So off I went. While I was there, I enjoyed catching up with friends that I hadn't seen in years. I started talking to one girl in particular, and we just caught up with each other on how life had been going. When I told her that I had just moved to Utah, she said, Do you know that Nick Anderson lives there? You should totally call him. Well, I decided I would do just that. I called his mom first and got his number in Utah. How funny is that? I called him several times. He was never home. He never answered the phone. I left messages on the answering machine. Nothing. I left messages with his roommates. Still nothing. After about two months of this, I was about to give up, but then I decided just one more call, and finally he answered. I told him, hey, it's Shelly from high school, not the one you dated, but the other one. I asked him what city he lived in, and he told me Salt Lake. Then when I told him I lived in Provo, he paused and said, I'm on my way. And he was. How exciting it was to open the door and see Nick Anderson from high school standing there. I couldn't believe it. He had even won best eyes for our class. And boy, did they ever seem so dreamy that day. We had so much fun together. It was like we just went right back to that awesome friendship we had. We went to Fuddruckers and caught each other up on all the stuff that had happened in our lives over the last six years. There was a lot to catch up on. It was awesome. And the Fuddruckers burgers were amazing. He wanted me to meet his friends and his roommates, so we went up to Salt Lake. It was great. As we started to wind the evening down, we turned on the TV. Surprisingly, Sleeping Beauty was on. I told him that I didn't think I had ever actually seen the whole movie. So we decided to watch it. And as we were watching, I noticed his hand was slowly starting to move towards mine. No way. Nick Anderson is trying to hold my hand. I could not believe it. We did hold hands, and I felt all the butterflies. After a while, he said to me, I know this is not an official date, 
but will you be my Valentine? Wait, 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 wait. What? It had just turned midnight. So it had officially just turned February 14th. And I was oblivious to the time. I wasn't even paying attention. But I totally agreed to be his Valentine. We quickly started spending a lot of time together. The more time we spent together, the more I felt for him. It was really as if we had just picked right up where we left off in high school. That friendship we had developed all those years ago created an amazing foundation for the relationship we were developing. And yet, I still found myself holding back a little bit and not really being able to admit the reality of what was really happening. After a few months, he had to go out of town to help babysit his younger brothers and sisters for a few days, and I went on with my normal school routine. One night while he was gone, my roommate said, let's go to Applebee's. Ooh, that sounded yummy, and off we went. We went through the typical conversations we had and laughed about all kinds of funny stuff. And then she started asking me about Nick. I was telling her all about him and that one of my favorite things about him was that no matter where we went, his eyes were always on me and only me, as if I was the only girl in the world that existed for him. It was just pure magic for me. I also told her how I would just melt every time he said on the phone, I just really want to spend some time with you today. I just loved it. As I continued to tell her that we were just dating, she gave me that look like, yeah, right, Shelly, keep telling yourself that. I wasn't really sure what else I could say to her. While Nick and I were both members of the church, I wasn't too sure that we actually wanted the same things. So I felt a bit hesitant about moving things forward. And then the most amazing thing happened. As I went to continue talking about it, my mouth kept moving and words kept coming out, but they were not my own words. I hadn't thought about saying the words that were coming out or even had the particular thoughts beforehand. It was as if those words had been put there and I was just somehow saying them. I knew that something very different was happening in that moment. So I started paying closer attention to the words. And then I realized something awesome. The words I was speaking were familiar. I did know the words. The exact sentences from my patriarchal blessing that spoke about my husband-to-be were the exact words coming out of my mouth. How was that even possible? 
I had always been very careful not to try to make every guy fit the description for my patriarchal blessing or try to make someone I was dating somehow match what it said. I made sure not to do that. And yet it seemed like Nick was fitting the description and that he totally matched what it said. I could not deny what was taking place. As it started to really sink in, I just paused. I realized the presence of the Holy Ghost. He had shown up. He had shown up to this conversation. Of all the places he could have been at that moment, he was there. And I knew it. And when the Holy Ghost shows up, he is there because he has a job to do. And since one of his main jobs is to help us know truth, I knew he was there to help me know truth. I sat there in total awe and in total silence, just absorbing the significance and the meaning of that moment. And then as I sat there trying to let it all soak in, the Holy Ghost whispered to me, he is the one. Tears just started pouring out of my eyes. I was filled with total peace and I was filled with absolute certainty. And I had just had one of the biggest questions of my life answered. Who will I marry? In that moment, I knew it would be Nick. I savored every piece of that moment, knowing I would remember it forever. And that is why I cried at Applebee's. I finally looked at my roommate sitting across the table. She was staring at me in total confusion. <laughs> she tried to figure out what was happening and what I was crying about. I told her what had just happened. Whoa, what a night. But now what? Was I just going to all of a sudden tell Nick that the Holy Ghost told me we were meant to be together and let's get things going already? To be honest, I was terrified. While I knew he enjoyed spending time with me, no way did I think he was even close to really thinking about and considering marriage. So I wrote it all out on paper. It was four pages long. I memorized the first sentence of this essay of mine. I memorized my opening line. Surely, if I could have this first line memorized and had the courage to get it out, I could get through the rest. So I went to see him after he got back into town. We talked and caught up, and then the awkward silence came. 
Here we go. Here was the moment I needed the most courage I had ever had. I finally pumped myself up enough to try to start the conversation. And just as I opened up my mouth to speak, Nick looked at me and started talking. But you will never believe what he said. He said my exact first sentence. How's this even possible? How could he know that that is what I had written down? He said he was scared of how strong his feelings were for me. He stole my opening line. I was in total shock. I stared at him and said, tell me everything. While he was out of town, he had had a similar experience as me, and he did tell me everything. It was the most romantic moment of my life. It was like a scene from a movie. We confessed our love to each other, and we started to plan the wedding. Shortly after that, Nick moved back home, and the plan was for me to follow after I finished out the semester. Things were moving along as planned until one day when we were on the phone, Nick brought up the topic of that one little thing that all young men are commanded to do in our church when they leave their families for two years and serve a mission for the Lord. He reminded me that he had not yet done that. I was having a hard time understanding where he was going with this conversation until he straight out said, I'm going. He was turning in his papers to serve a full-time mission. Now, I am not going to lie. I was pretty mad at first when he told me this since we had already started planning our wedding. We were already 25 years old. And didn't he already miss the cutoff age for that? Well, he had not. He barely made the cutoff, and off he went to the New England mission on the east coast of the United States. We said if it was really meant to be, it would all work out, and we would still end up together afterwards. Luckily, my better sense had kicked in pretty quickly, and I realized how awesome and just how beautiful it was that he decided to go. And I fully supported his decision. As I prayed to Heavenly Father about all that was happening, I asked him a question that I had previously asked him about three or four times before. I asked him, should I go on a mission? Every time I had asked that previously, I always got the same answer, which was, not yet. But now, finally, years later, I asked him again, and the answer was yes. It all made sense. I turned in my papers and left six months later to serve a mission in Houston, Texas. The timing of it all was so perfect. And we wrote to each other the entire time. And we both had amazing experiences. 
As we got close to the end of our missions, we just did a little check-in with each other to see if we were still feeling the same about one another. On my next preparation day, I just so happened to see a picture of the exact wedding dress I had imagined in my mind. There was even a pattern for it. When does this happen? I have no sewing abilities and I'm never looking for patterns. But there it was. I grabbed it and sent it home to my mom with a note that said, have this made and ready for me when I get back. I got home shortly afterwards and Nick got home just a few weeks later. I even went with his family to meet him at the airport. It was awesome. Later on that night, we were having dinner with his family. He pulled me into the other room and to ask me all about my mission. And we just started talking and exchanging stories. Mid-sentence, he got down on one knee and asked me to marry him. Did you guys get that? He proposed on the exact same day he got back from his mission. Of course, I said yes. And we got married less than three weeks later on a Tuesday afternoon in the Manti Temple. The day could not have been any more perfect than it was. So... The other day, as I was watching the fireworks and as we were all celebrating Independence Day, I reflected on the freedoms that we have. And I felt very grateful that we have freedom of religion and that we have freedom to choose who we want to marry. Nick chose me and I chose him. And I would choose him again and again every time. I love that we have the rights that we do in this country. I love that we can combine freedom of religion and freedom to marry who we choose and that we can have them work together for our benefit. It can be such a fabulous combination. I love that we have the right to pursue happiness in this way. What if we still had arranged marriages? And what if we didn't even like who we were assigned to marry? And what if we didn't find them attractive at all? I love the wonderful feeling that comes to me as I take the time to remember why I chose to marry Nick. Spending time thinking about the reasons we chose to marry our spouse is a fabulous thing to spend our time thinking about. It can really help us remember the things that we found attractive about them and the qualities that made them stand out to us and made us want to be near them more. Too often, we spend way more time than we need to and way more time than we should thinking about how our spouse isn't doing something right or holding us back or somehow limiting us in some way. I pray that 
on this Independence Day and the days following, that we can think about the freedoms we have because we married the spouse that we did. Let's let those thoughts burn deep within our own mind and hearts this week, causing the fire of attraction to reignite and light up just as bright as the fireworks in the sky. Because remember, the more you increase that type of intimacy with yourself, the more you increase it with your spouse. Thanks for listening today. 